Welcome back to the TD Garden in Boston. Hockey East Championship game between Merrimack and Boston University. The number two and the number one seeds in the league, the two teams that finished at the top of the regular season standings, are the ones that are battling it out here for the Hockey East title. And it's Merrimack that leads by the score of 2-1. to one. At the end of the second period, this is Mike Macknick alongside John Leahy. Uh, pleased that you uh, took this opportunity to join us for a pretty big game tonight. An awful lot of fun as well. Uh, it's been a good battle from start to finish here. Mike McMahon joins us from the Eagle Tribune and the MacReport.com, College Hockey News as well, College Hockey Insider and NeutralZone.net. And Mike, first of all, did you get any sleep last night? Uh, a, a little bit. It wasn't a ton. <laughs> like by the time I got done writing some stuff, I didn't even write everything I wanted to write last night. It was about three. And I was like, you know what, I, I, I got to get to bed here at some point. Uh, so woke up and did the pairwise update this morning. So I wanted to get it all done last night, but it, we got to a point where I was like, I was fading fast. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I guess before we talk about this one, uh, re- recap, quick recap last night's game. Uh, real battle, I thought, start to finish. I mean, that was a case where both teams just left it all out on the ice. Both goaltenders, I thought, were really outstanding. Uh, Gustav Riggles for, uh, for UMass Lowell was really terrific, really outstanding. Um, and Zach will be Gill and the Merrimack net bowl battle right to the end of regulation with pulled the goaltender and they got the tying goal and then of course it took until double overtime for Merrimack to win it but you know there was after Merrimack really carried the play for the first at least the first half of the game or so Lowell got stronger as the game went along and really could have gone either way. It absolutely could have, yeah. That's what makes you a little bit nervous. Coming into a game like tonight, if you're Merrimack, I mean, it was one of the first things I asked Scott Borg before the game. I said, did you guys skate this morning? Uh, and he said, it was optional. He said a couple of guys did. The guys, the, the scratches did. Hugo did, because he wanted to see some shots. But, you know, after a game like that, it's just so taxing on his tech. Mentally, physically, it's like, and they got in late. I mean, it's, it, on top of the game being close and just managing those emotions of you're playing for your season, you know, really at that point, you don't really know whether or not you got to chance or not on the ice and uh you know then they, to, to get out of it but then also realize okay but you know that you were still in the showers here getting changed and getting ready to go and be you was in bed so uh you know it just how does that affect tonight you never know uh it, it was a taxing game but i mean clearly they've come out and, and played well so far put themselves in a position to win a banner so let me ask you this some of the penalties that we have seen taken you know maybe if he calls ones that you might not have seen in in, uh, in some other games, but at the same time, some just little bit where guy just loses a little bit of an edge and you know puts a, gives a tug on a guy or something like that, gets a stick on or what have you. Uh, that's been at least some of the calls that have been against Merrimack, where they've now gone down uh, a man uh, five times in the game once was only ten seconds, but still. Um, so this is what I'm wondering: How much is there enough of a, you know, just a little bit of a fatigue factor from last night that could be contributing? Maybe, yeah. I mean, you just—it it all it takes sometimes is just being a quarter of a step behind, uh, you know, and, and your stick maybe doesn't get out of somebody's feet quickly enough, or uh, things like that. that. That certainly could be, but you know, it, it, it seemed like they felt pretty good coming in tonight. It seemed like their energy level was pretty high uh, from a few people I talked to before the game. It was a little, you know. Uh, not surprising. I mean, you're playing for a championship. I mean, your, your energy level, I think, is going to be pretty up. The, adre- the adrenaline's going to be going. Um, but, you know, sometimes you lose that half a step. Maybe a little bit on, on some of those, yeah. Um, so, a 2-1 to one lead here for the Warriors. They haven't trailed in this one. I don't, when was the last time they trailed? I don't know if they trailed at all during this uh, stretch of eight games. They come in tonight with a 70... Well, they trailed at BU. Yeah, in the second game at BU. Yeah, they haven't trailed in the postseason at all. And... Um, 
They did not lead, as we had looked it up, in the 2011 championship game against Boston College, a game that they ended up losing 5-3. They had to battle back to tie the game three times, 1-1, 2-2, and 3-3 before uh, BC ended up winning it on the goal by Kim Atkinson. But this one here, you know, I think that helps with the fatigue factor. I'm wondering what happens if they were to fall behind in this one, and then you're in the third period, now you're playing your, what, eighth or ninth period, eighth period in, in two nights, in just a little more than one night, actually, as it turns out, because that game last night started at eight and ended at midnight. Um, you know, does that then start to weigh on you? Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think it does. I think uh, it's easier, I mean, everybody says it, it's easier to play with a lead than it is to play from behind, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I think it does get your adrenaline going a little bit more uh, when you're playing with a lead, especially if you're, if you're tired. Like, if you're fatigued and you're playing from behind, it, it can seem like there's a mountain you got to climb over in order to, to, to get to where you need to be. I think just it feel, when it feels like momentum's on your side, you're playing with a lead, even if you're tired, which I'm sure they are, you know, it's it's easier to play with a lead. It's easier, I think, to, you know, not take your foot off the gas, but, like, it's easy to... The mentality, the mental side of it is easier to play with a lead than it is like when you're chasing the game and especially with 20 minutes to go and you're constantly looking up at the clock. I mean, it's it's just so much easier to play with a lead and I think it's more important to do so on a night like tonight where, like you said, the fatigue factor could be could be setting in at some point. And they've had multiple times to make it a multiple goal lead. I mean, the, the, uh, the Calvary line, the, the shift that they had, the Forsmark opportunity there that he had and, and uh, you know, the number of chances there that we've seen and they have not been able to, you know, I mean, it's been hard here, right? Even though they've gotten to this point, they haven't had a multiple goal lead at all in the postseason. Not that there have necessarily been a ton of these. I mean, a lot of close games around the league um, for the entire tournament. I'm trying to think now. So BU won their game 7-3 and then it was the win by BC over UMass. Has everything else been a one-goal game? I think, I think so, because yeah. we've got a couple of overtimes in there, even in the first round. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, that's, so that shows you right there that, I mean, it's uh, how tight it has been. Uh, no question about it. But before, we only got a couple minutes left here, Mike. We want to talk about what's going on uh, with the pairwise. You had the news earlier today, but uh, quickly recap it for the, uh, the listeners, especially uh, up-to-date up how things look as far as uh, Merrimack and chances for the NCAA tournament next week. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty simple, right? I mean, if you, if you win this game, you're in, obviously. You get the automatic berth, and you win a championship. So that, that's the first preference, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure for Merrimack. Uh, if things go sideways here and, and they need some help, that help is pretty simple. You, that means if they don't win this game. Exactly. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty simple what they need. You look at the Colgate-Harvard game in the ECAC final, in the Colorado College, uh, St. Cloud game, the NCHC. Merrimack needs one of those two teams to lose, either Colorado College or Colgate. One of them need to lose. Uh, Alaska, it basically boils down to this for those last at-large bids. Alaska needs both of them to lose. Merrimack needs one of them to lose. If they both win, then Merrimack and Alaska are both out, and Colgate and Colorado College are both in. So uh, it, that's essentially what it boils down to. Merrimack needs one of those two teams to lose. And if they both lose, then both those teams are in. Merrimack and Alaska, is that right? Yes, exactly. Yep. If both lose, then Merrimack and Alaska are both that, that's really the only spots that are left to decide. We know that the, the WCHA final is it's either or. It's Northern Michigan, Michi Minnesota State. Neither one of them can win an at-large. They both need to win that game. And you wrote this morning, Mike, that Merrimack right now, at least at the start of the day, had about a 94 to 96% chance of getting in. Is that right? At the beginning of the day, yes. So that And that takes into account the fact that 
the probability of, of both underdogs winning was fairly low. Of course, Colgate right now is winning 2-1 to one over Harvard. I think it's in the second period. It might be at the end of the second period. Uh, and the Colorado College game just started. Uh, it started about 10 minutes ago. But yeah, with that took into consideration the probability of Merrimack losing this game as well as both underdogs winning in those games. And it, it spits out a probability of, of between 94 and 96%. But again, that, if you were to run that right now with with temporary scores in place, uh, you know it's boosted a little bit by Merrimack winning this game. It's, it's hurt a little bit by, by Colgate winning the other game. Uh, I don't think the other game was no score, the, the Colorado College game. So it's probably still in that same neighborhood right now. But that that percentage could literally change by the goal, you know, over the next half an hour. Very much in, up in yeah. the air at this point, no question. Yeah. Uh, sorry, so folks, check out Mike's work. First of all, Twitter for the very latest that. Uh, and he, he is on Twitter at Mike McMahon CHN. Also, themacreport.com, www.themacreport.com. College Hockey Insider, which you should subscribe to if you're not already. Uh, the Eagle Tribune, I think you're writing for the Tribune again tonight, right, Mike? Yes, so uh, the Tribune stuff is not on deadline. That'll be up late. Uh, the stories will go on the Mac Report first, uh, including obviously anything from the result of this game, but also once, once we know their NCAA fate, whether they're in or out, uh, I'll have that right away. Immediately, and then also uh, a bracket projection if they're in to see where they may be going. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We appreciate your time as always. Uh, I guess we'll talk to you again for the overtime. I hope not. No offense. <laughs> All right, Mike McMahon, our guest here. Score after two, Merrimack two, Boston University one. Back with more and the third period right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.